lights, camera action. Live from New York, it is not quite Saturday night, but we had a weird game at the Shark Tank last night. So we'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, live from New York. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. And just to give an explanation of why I'm in New York right now, I'm running the marathon. I'm running the marathon. Let's see, today is Wednesday. So that is four four days away from me running 26.2 miles on the mean streets of New York. Can't wait. All five boroughs. Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Manhattan. Ended in Central Park. I really can't wait. So I don't know if I'm going to have anything special planned for the marathon as far as content. But you know what? I'm just going to have fun with it. And let's see how I do on this race. I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. All right. So the reason I'm staying quiet is, you know, one, you know, one less of an echo. Two, I'm actually staying with a couple friends. Staying out in Astoria right now. So I'm an Astorian for the next couple of days. Yay. All right. But that's not why we're here. Let's talk about some weird hockey that took place. And I'll admit that I did try. I tried to watch this game or as much of it live as possible. I didn't arrive in the city until about uh, 9.30, 10. A lot later than I would have liked. I did wind up watching quite a bit of the game live. But I was exhausted. I honestly fell asleep during parts of it. And as I'm drifting asleep, I could hear the ESPN broadcast. And, you know, I I think we could have had better announcers on the broadcast. I would have been just fine watching the TNT broadcast of that. I like their announcers a little better. But I tried to watch as much as I could. And this was such a weird, weird, wacky game. First off, you had Mason McTavish finally going to center, which I have been saying for a long time. Mason McTavish plays a lot better when he is at his natural center position. That is what he's grown up with. That's what he's been playing the last year and a half. I don't know why Dallas Eakins was so resistant on putting McTavish on the center. I mean, he had him as a wing on the second line to start, then third line. Then Dallas Eakins put him on that weird two-man fourth line for a couple of games. That didn't go so well. This game, Dallas Eakins was forced to go 12-6, mainly because Jimmy Drysdale's hurt. On the last podcast, I talked about Jimmy Drysdale likely being out for the rest of the season, and that's a huge blow. So the defense had that. <laughs> the defense last night was optional at best. It did drive me a little bit crazy seeing a couple of those Sharks goals go in. The one that drove me the most crazy was one of those Timo Meyer goals, and I'll talk about that in a second. Let's start off in the first because Uncle Rico looked really good in that first period, and believe it or not, Kevin Shattenkirk had one of his better games, both offensively and defensively. Kev, I know that's hard to believe, that Kevin Shattenkirk actually had a decent game defensively. 
but he wasn't the worst defenseman. I think the worst defenseman on this game might have might have been Kulikov. I mean, Fowler didn't have that particularly great of a game. But Shaddy, I was surprised. Shattenkirk, I thought, was that guy for a little bit. You know, offensively, he picked up two apples in the first period, both on goals from Uncle Rico. Yeah, Adam Henrique finally gets on the board, scores his first two goals of the season. And the second one, by the way, nifty passing all around. Loved the assist from Trevor Zegras on that play. I actually like Trevor Zegras a lot in general on this game. He seems to play with a much more open ice, as it were. San Jose, not the best defensive team either. And for quite a few shifts, they let Z have his way. And he really had his way on a lot of plays. What else I liked was just the play of the first two lines. The first line was Comtois, Strom, Terry. So that was mixed up a little bit. First, you separated Zegers and Terry. Then you separated Strom and Vetrano. But having Henrique and Zegers together, that kind of goes back to how the Ducks were last season. And Henrique and Zegers did have a good thing going. And putting Frank Vetrano on that line, I think gives it a little more stability gives it a little more puck movement, and that's something that the Ducks have needed to start the season. What I did not like was the two goals given up by Eric Carlson. I mean, I actually do like Eric Carlson. He's a personality in of himself, but him scoring those first two goals, and you could tell he was pretty thrilled to get those first two. One of them I didn't think was his, but hey, he got two to start off. So right away, 3-2 Ducks in a weird high energy first period um friend of the podcast jay forster who hosts locked on columbus blue jackets was present at that game and first off was sad that jd wasn't there second he just said okay so is the defense optional are there some weird bounces like what's going on yeah there were weird bounces yeah it was weird seeing shattenkirk at two assists but again just that line of henrique Zegris Vetrano, they accounted for all three goals in that first period. That was really the only line that was doing anything worth a damn in the first period because the other lines, especially the bottom two lines, they were almost non-existent in that first period. That ain't good. Silverberg, Grant, Lundestrom, Jones, McTavish, Leeson, they were fairly invisible that first period. And then everyone else just kind of woke up and said, okay, let's do this. Let's get it together. What was not good, the Ducks for the 20-something, I'm kidding, but for whatever reason, the Ducks' PK just continues to be, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to mince words here. It was awful. It was awful. I could have said a worse word, but it, it was a bad PK. And Timo Meyer scored on the power play. So once again, the Ducks special teams doesn't help them. Their power play wasn't very good either. The power play, at least for two shifts, there was just zero movement. None. I could see what the I could see what play's coming. It's gonna go to Zegris on the right side. He's raising his stick. Everyone knows it's gonna go there, which is why he didn't get that much empty space. And why on a couple of those power plays, you could see Sharks players with their active sticks defending effectively. 
So we're running up against this. So we're going to talk more about this game and more about the just little minute details after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is, you know, a delicious protein bar. And I honestly brought some Built Bars with me. I brought some Built Puffs, the cookie dough Built Puffs. I think these are fantastic. These are delicious. These are helping me get through the marathon. I'm going to bring one with me on Marathon Sunday, and I'll be chomping one down as I start the race. But, you know, this one's really good. It tastes like a candy bar. It even has little bits of, you know, cookie dough chunk in it, but it's protein infused. Only 150 calories, only 8 grams of sugar, and packed with 16 grams of protein. So, you know, it helps build up that protein a little bit, keeps the calories low, keeps me energized. I cannot wait to run this marathon. So if you want to try a Built Bar for yourself, then head over to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 as I'm going to eat this to get 15% off your next purchase of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez here in New York, ready for the marathon. Can't wait. So I can't believe I didn't mention this in the first segment, so I'm going to mention it now. Anthony Stolar started in net. Finally. Finally he started. I have been calling for this for a while. Excuse me. Just ate a built bar right now. <laughs> Man, that was a yummy one. Yeah, cookie dough chunks, still my one of my favorite flavors. So Anthony Stolarz finally got a much-deserved start. Um, even though he gave up five goals, one of them was not his fault. One of them was, in fact, the fault of Jakob Silverberg. Oh, let me explain, please. So at the time, the Ducks were winning 4-3 to after Reinstrom scored a goal. So towards the end of the second period, there was a possible puck clearance that was supposed to take place, and it did not. Jakob Silverberg, who had the puck on his stick and tried to raise the stick of Timo Meyer, which he did to his credit, Jakob raised his stick. Okay, that was fine. Except for one thing, and um, yeah, this might have been one of the biggest dangits of the season, if not ever, where Jakob tried to direct the puck behind the net, but he wound up firing it towards the net and getting it right past Anthony Stolarz for one of the stupidest own goals you will ever see. It's too stupid to believe. I mean, yeah, he fired it right into his own goalie, and he scored it. It it was, for what it's worth, it was a good shot. I mean, (laughs) I say this half-jokingly, that was one of his best shots of the year. If not for the fact that he scored it on Anthony Stolarz. If it was against the opposing goalie, you could say that was probably his best goal of the season. (laughs) but it's such a stupid own goal like he literally like had the puck on his stick fired it and bam right past Stoli and the look on Timo Meyer's face 
he just had this sheepish look like, okay, I scored, yay. But part of that sheepish grin was, yeah, that wasn't me that scored that. That was my opponent. That was the goal that tied it up at four. I happened to be awake then, and I wanted to let out a very loud profanity, but it was past midnight over here. The game was already running late. I wasn't going to do that. So it was tied at four. Then we go to the third period. And Max Comtois seemingly saved the day with a great, great goal. Great assist from Troy Terry on this one. Five to four. Yes. Ducks might actually win. They might pull this off despite the... I, Despite the error. But no. Eric Carlson... Got a tip on it. Scored his third of the game for the hat trick. That's his ninth of the season. But that wasn't the stupid thing about that goal. Eric Carlson scored his hat trick. No hats came down on the ice. It wasn't until right before there was a puck drop that the goal was announced. And on the PA system, it was announced his third goal of the game. So during the next stoppage, one fan threw a hat on the ice and then another fan and then more fans all of a sudden we saw about a dozen hats on the ice during a stoppage in play maybe a couple minutes right after Eric Carlson had scored his hat trick goal I mean that was just kind of a silly thing with the Sharks fans in San Jose it it was weird to see that really really weird But you know what? I'll I'll credit the fans for at least doing something. And as the hats were flying down, you could see the camera peer over to Eric Carlson. And he kind of had like this half grin, like, like he just kind of looked serious, like, like a half smile from Eric Carlson. (laughs) Because he knew exactly what was happening and he knew why the hats were coming down. So just a weird thing to watch. But. That's what led to overtime. And in that overtime, there was not that much movement. Not much at all. I mean, I guess the most action was that the Ducks had a power play in overtime. They had a four on three. Eric Carlson got caught holding Troy Terry. And by the way, great heads up play by Troy Terry to draw that penalty. He's been doing that all season long. I think he drew two penalties on this game, and that one was a very important one. So that put the Ducks on the power play. But man, that four-on-three power play had zero movement. And that's the one I want to talk about. The special teams has been bad for the Ducks this season. The penalty kill we've talked about, the power play was worse. Because Trevor Zegers held the puck on his stick for a couple seconds. Could have gotten a shot off and didn't. And as he made a pass, one of the Sharks defenders poked it away with his stick and got it to neutral ice. Another such case... I want to say it was Frank out there at one point. And, you know, he just kind of stood stagnant. Not a whole lot of movement. And San Jose got to their positions right away. And because they did that, the Ducks couldn't get an open lane. And that's what really led to the Ducks just not scoring on that power play and really all their other power plays in general. Their PP right now, they are second to last in the league. The Ducks have a 6.7 power play percentage as of this recording. 
The only team below them is the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have not scored a power play goal yet this season. As far as penalty killing, the Ducks are also second to worst. The only team worse is the Vancouver Canucks. The Ducks have a 63.9% penalty kill right now. Remember last season when the month of December, the Ducks had a top five power play and penalty kill? The tides have turned. It is now the other way around where the Ducks have the second worst power play and the second worst penalty kill in the entire National Hockey League. So you want to talk about the biggest fault of the Ducks right now. It is the not-so-special teams. They need to work their butts off to improve that to even get to 30th or 29th. It It's so bad. So that leads to the shootout. Shootout was just a great exhibition for the Ducks. Trevor Zegris and Troy Terry... Both scored on the shootout. Zegris's goal, that was a nice one. He slowed down just enough, put a great, great move on Kokkinen, and he was done. He was toast. I mean, Kokkinen just went to his right bit, and Trevor Zegris just easily put it in. Troy Terry did kind of the same thing. Put a move on Kokkinen, and that was it. Two goals in the shootout. Ducks were victorious. 6-5, to 2-1 in the shootouts. Man, what a great shootout that was. And finally, let's talk a little bit about Anthony Stolarz. He finally got a start. Got 40 saves out of 44 shots. <sighs> The shots on goal were quite a bit. 45 for the Sharks, 44 for the Ducks. This was more just neither team playing defense. The Ducks once again allowing a metric crap ton of shots. The Ducks still leading the league in shots allowed per game. They're allowing an average of 38 shots on goal per season. I think this is the fifth time this season They've allowed more than 40 shots. That's too much. That is way, way too many shots on goal to give up. And they still need to work on that tremendously. Jamie Drysdale being gone is not going to help matters. Whoever the Ducks decide to bring up, if they bring up any defensemen, I'm hoping it's a certain youngster on the goals right now. I don't know how much help that's going to bring. So that that's another thing. They just cannot allow that many shots. Special teams have got to improve. Five-on-five play at least was better on this game. In fact, five-on-five, this might have been a real growth game for the Ducks. Now, granted, they're playing the San Jose Sharks, one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League. The Sharks have no aspirations of making the playoffs this season. But it's got to do a lot to build confidence in having the five-on-five play improve, especially on that top six. The top six with Vetrano, Strom, Henrique, Comtois, Z. And Zegers has looked particularly good on -on five-on-five. If just those six alone can bring up the five-on-five play 
and maybe get them more goals, especially on transitions or kind of half breakaways, then I could see this Duck team making some strides. Maybe not a whole lot of strides, but some. Enough. Oh, by the way, with this victory, the Ducks are no longer in last place. Hallelujah. Now the worst record belongs to the Vancouver Canucks, but wouldn't it be great if the Ducks still wound up with Connor Bedard? Oh, by the way, the worst two teams in the league right now happen to be the Vancouver Canucks and the St. Louis Blues, who got embarrassed. They got embarrassed the other night against the Los Angeles Kings. Whew. Yeah, the Blues are bad. The Canucks are bad. The Ducks, they've played bad. They're off to a bad start. But maybe they could th- turn things around. You never know, Ducks fans. All right. Just one one little tiny thing before wrapping up. So tomorrow is Goals Thursday. I will preface that the first two segments of tomorrow's podcast was already recorded Uh, Sunday into Monday. So it was recorded previously. And John Broadman and I talked about players that could come up, players that could move down. And one of those moves did indeed happen. So if it looks like we're kind of backtracking, no, we legit recorded this on Sunday before the Ducks made their moves. And one of them, John predicted correctly. So yeah, we'll find out tomorrow to see who John predicted would move up and move down. And we also give our thoughts on which defenseman could and frankly should get some time with the Anaheim Ducks. And the reason we recorded this on Sunday was one, I wasn't going to have time. And two, that was the only day that John was available to talk about that particular subject. But we recorded this thinking that Jamie Drysdale was possibly going to be out for a little bit. We had no idea he would be out for the rest of the season, possibly. But we remember the injury, and that's why we brought up which defenseman might be the one that comes up. And that one still will be valid tomorrow, for what it's worth. So we give our thoughts on that, and then I'll record one segment talking about the game that takes place late tonight. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be a fun one, folks. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I might not be answering as much the next week because, hey, I'm here in New York. I'm in New York City. I've got to explore the city a little bit, right? Right, guys? Uh, And finally... Thank you all so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon or morning. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another and Ducks fly together. <laughs>